a great joy to be back to Heritage. We appreciate what God's doing in this place. Praise the Lord for the good day you had and the responder, big day responder. Uh, first responders out there, what a great blessing to hear the good report. Thank you for the work and the labor committed to that. And, of course, uh, we're here tonight after a busy day, but we still want to serve the Lord, right? So we want to be faithful to Him. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing me to say a few words tonight from the Word of God. If you have your Bible, Philippians chapter number 2. Philippians chapter number 2, if you would, please. I'm going to start in verse number 19. I'm going to actually read through the end of the chapter. And you already have a handout, so you have an idea what I'm going to be preaching about. And so let's just follow along if we can here. Verse number 19, Philippians chapter number 2. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. But ye know the proof of him, that as a son with a father, he hath served with me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently, so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Yet I supposed it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother, and companion in labor, and fellow soldier, but your messenger, and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all, and was full of heaviness, because you had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick, nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I send him therefore the more carefully, that when you see him again you may rejoice, and that I may be less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation, because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death, not regarding his own life, to supply your lack of service toward me. Here in this portion of Scripture, in verses 19 to 30, the Apostle Paul talks about two men that were servants with him. He also talked about in chapter number 1 about his focus in life, how it was focused on giving the gospel to all the people around him. As Brother Paul so amiably gave to us tonight, this indicting reminder of having a burden for souls. You need to be concerned about people. Uh, Paul said in chapter 1, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But here in chapter number 2, he points out in verse 21 something totally different. It says, For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. So we find here Paul is talking about two men that are selfless servants in the work of God in a selfie society. You say, what do you mean selfie? Well, that's a word I use from our generation. But it sounds to me like in verse 21, for all seek their own. Sounds like they're doing what they want. Thinking about self, amen? Concerned about their own lives. And so I think I've come to a church tonight that people here are serving God. I believe you love the Lord. I believe every time I've come, you've been excited about ministry, about souls, about soul winning. It's a great joy to know that. And I believe there are many selfless servants here at Heritage Baptist Church. At the same time, I know it's very easy for us to get under the radar and think perhaps somebody else is going to do the job. Somebody else can tell my neighbor. Somebody else can tell my co-worker the gospel of Jesus Christ. So for a few moments tonight, I'd like to go through this passage and preach on this subject that we looked at, selfless servants in a selfie society. May God bless reading this word. You may be seated. Many of you are well aware, my wife and I, this is our 12th year to travel with the singing groups for the summertime. And this particular group of men over here that are here and then one in the back from London, England, uh, we understand that they've been traveling. Some of them have never been to California. And so it's a sight to behold. Uh, we, had, we started our journey 23 days ago. 23 days ago, started an 83-day journey on our summer tour. 
And we've made our way to this point, and along the way, we had a unique summer thus far. As a matter of fact, in Cuba, New Mexico, we went through an ice storm. And so we took some pictures, and we were very careful as well in the driving in the mountains. Made our way to Flagstaff, Arizona, four inches of snow. Very unique experience for the summertime. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I'm not making this up. This is the illustration that God gave us, all right? Some of the folks here have made their way to different situations and seeing states for the first time. We had time to stop by the Grand Canyon. And many of them saw it for the first time. And guess what they were doing? Taking pictures. And even added the fact that they were there at the Grand Canyon by taking a picture of themselves with it. Now, that doesn't mean they're self-centered. They just want their parents to know where they are. Amen. And that they're at the top of the canyon, not the bottom of the canyon. When they saw the situation of the snow and things like that, they're glad they're in the van and not on the side of the road. But they had these pictures. Brother Justin, they were taking pictures to say, I am here. So they sent to mom or sent to dad or sent to some relative or put it on Facebook or wherever they put that stuff. And they were involved in letting people know that here's where we are and here's the unique things that have happened. And we wind up putting ourselves in the situation. And I'm not really talking about that tonight, even though we have a selfish society and many folks get so close to death, they've actually died. Different things have happened, uh, trying to see certain things or go certain places. And so it's pretty obvious that when you drive in traffic, people are concerned about themselves. I've been through many different states already and very dangerous when it says Heartland Baptist Bible College. Most people know you're going to be kind. And let them in. I have a big van and a trailer. I try to move in together on that and try to work that situation out, you know. But there are a lot of people who don't care about where we're from. And they see my turn signal for a half a mile and still won't let me in. And I'm getting used to California traffic already, amen. No offense to Californians, but they just, they're selfish. You know, a lot of them that way. It's all about me. It's all about what I want. I'm not trying to be rude. It happens in Oklahoma as well. Happens all around this world. What we find, though, that in a time period of the church at Philippi, Epaphroditus had been sent with a missionary gift from the church at Philippi, not just the first time, but many times they'd already given to him. So they send Epaphroditus to Paul and to give him the offering and to work with him for a while and bring a report of what is taking place. Well, Paul is in jail. And while Paul is in jail, you don't hear this, Woe is me! Pray for me! I'm in jail! Please help me! You don't find that misery and woe in Paul's life. What he's concerned about is he says, I know, chapter 1 of Philippians, I know that what has happened to me has happened for the furtherance of the gospel. He realized new territory. I'm in jail. I've never met these men before. Let's give them the gospel. So everywhere he went, he was sharing the truth of the word of God. Now we find in chapter number 2 that he picks up another man named Timothy. And Timothy, who was his son in the faith, not his natural born son, but led to Christ. His grandmother and his mother brought him up in the ways of God. When he was mature enough, he put him in service. And Paul trained him for many years. And, and God actually used Timothy later on to pastor. But here in this chapter, while Paul's in jail... We're going to find that Paul is writing and he's relating under the inspiration of the Spirit of God about two men that were a blessing to him because they were selfless servants. Now, if you've ever read the book of Romans, chapter number 16, there's a great big list there, because that's where Paul was, by the way, in Rome. Well, there's a great big list of people that helped him in the ministry. And you know, a lot of times people help in the ministry because they have to. Pastor asked for volunteers and you didn't raise your hand, but he helped you anyway. 
You know, we, a lot of times, Brother Hayes and all the men that helped with the roasted chicken and then all the roasted people outside, Pastor mentioned. You know, we, we know that it took a lot of work, a lot of labor. I believe there's a lot of people here that have been connected to the, the big day, the first responder to Sunday. I thank you for your faithfulness and commitment. And God knows exactly what we're doing. He knows all about our situations of life. So whether it be the physical labor or the putting together of the cooking of the food or putting out chairs and taking care of things, setting up tables, being servants for the Lord, we all can do something for God. But sometimes when we do it, we sometimes have the wrong attitude. We want to be seen of man. We want the approval of our friends. We want people to know that we're busy. You can be busy and not be right with God. Do you realize you can be unworldly and still not be godly? There are many people who say, well, I don't do this and I don't do that. And you have a bad attitude. We find here that Paul, under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, writes about two selfless servants. And I want you to see what he has to say. Look at verse number 19. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort... When I know your state, for I have, notice this, I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. Sounds to me like the young man Timothy had caught the vision and the concern of the Apostle Paul's ministry. As Brother Paul mentioned here tonight, you see, if you see who Jesus is, you know the love of God, you know the grace of God and the judgment of God, then you know your heart ought to be on people. And I believe that Timothy was the same way. He said he is like-minded. What we see here is that Paul is commending Timothy as a selfless servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. His mother and his grandmother shared the view of following after God. His newfound faith brought him to a place of growth and leadership. And Paul took Timothy under his wing because he knew that God was going to use him in the ministry. He was concerned about him. So in his second missionary journey, according to Acts 16.1, we find him picking up Timothy and trying to train and prepare him for ministry. And so what we find here is that Paul's intending to send Timothy to the church to find out the state of the church, what is going on. Now, we can do it very easily with our technology today. We can, we can get on Skype and other places and other things and have connection, Facebook, Instagram, and all that. But back in those days, it was traveling. And getting to this place and giving out the news that had taken place at that time. So Timothy now is being reminded that you have a work to do And it wasn't like, where's my name tag so folks will know who I am when I get to town. We find that Timothy was like-minded in the work of the Lord. This means that he genuinely shared the concern that Paul had for the church and for the work of God. He said, I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. Verse 21, for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. Now listen to me. Either you're going to be a chapter 1, verse 21, for me to live as Christ is Christ to die as gain, or you're going to be a chapter 221 person. We're all going to be one of the two. Either it's for him or it's for us. This is not hard, is it? It says right there in the verse, For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. But know ye the proof of him, that as a son with a father, he has served me with me in the gospel. So we find that Paul is saying, Timothy was involved with me. He had proves himself as a true servant of Christ, He's being faithful to the work. Whatever job Timothy was received, he was happy to do it. He wasn't needed to be in the limelight. He was just faithful as a servant of God to do whatever, whatever Paul asked him to do. And he was helping in the ministry. He was a fellow helper to the truth. He was a co-worker with God. And we find Paul talking about this. Timothy had proved himself. It conveys that he had value to the ministry. It had already been demonstrated. And now victory is going to come for them. So Timothy stood out, if I can say it like this, as a rare gem in a world of self-seekers. 
like-minded for the service of the Lord. It says in verse 22, you know the proof of him. Verse 23, him therefore I hope to send presently, so as soon as I shall see how it shall go with me. And so when you're praying for someone and you're trying to tell them something to do, he's sending, getting ready to send Timothy off to them to find out the state of the church. And Timothy didn't say, oh, great, here we go again. I'm not going over there. I don't want to go to that place. He didn't have a bad attitude or a bad spirit. He was just like-minded. He had a desire to serve God. And Paul was giving up Timothy so he could go on this journey. And Timothy was giving up his opportunity to be with Paul to go help find out what was going on in the church. Verse 24, but I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. So verse number 19 and verse number 24, I trust in the Lord. You know what he's saying? I just believe God's word. God has me in jail, but I know that it's for a purpose. There were people in Caesar's household that eventually got the gospel. Read chapter 1 sometimes of the book of Philippians. You'll find out that there were people that their testimony became bolder because of the testimony of Paul while sitting in prison. It encouraged them to do more for the Lord. And so they were excited about being involved with that. And so we see here that Timothy is being told what to do and he's capable of doing it. And he follows after the Lord. He's going to do what is right. Now you think about this. If you're going to be involved in for me to live as Christ to die as gain, or you're going to be involved in the other part, every man does what he wants to do, that makes it self-involved, selfish living. Then if you go back to the whole text here, you're going to find this whole chapter is dealing with humility. Every bit of it. As a matter of fact, the central focus of the whole passage is Philippians 2.5, which says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So right here in this passage, we find out, beloved, that the Apostle Paul is relating to us that Jesus Christ, he left heaven. He left heaven and he came to earth for one purpose, to seek and to save the lost. He came to let them know who he was, to let them know they could have a place with him, fellowship and a father to worship and to serve and spend time with. He approached sinful people in a servant's posture. He humbled himself, became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. And Jesus Christ, when he died on Calvary and said, it is finished, it was not talking about his life. It was talking about redemption, talking about the gospel message, the joy of knowing who Christ is. And we see salvation coming. And he left the earth, ascended a supreme prince. And one day, like the young men sang, he's coming back. And when he comes back, we ought to be prepared, amen, for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's nothing we're going to take with us to heaven. But I can tell you this. People that are saved by the grace of God, we've led to the Lord, they'll be there. What a great blessing to know that one day God's going to reward the faithfulness of his servants who've done their best to be soul winners. That soul winner's crown, that desire to know God and to follow after him. He says, I want you to know Timothy is like-minded. He has a desire to serve God. And all within the rest of the Bible, what Paul writes, Timothy was faithful. But then we find Epaphroditus very quickly here. Verse 25, yet I supposed it necessary to send you Epaphroditus... My brother and companion in labor, fellow soldier, but your messenger, and that he that ministered to my wants. And so Epaphroditus now was a selfless servant as well of the Lord Jesus Christ, because we know when he came there, that he was a brother in Christ. That meant he was saved. He was part of the family of God. It says also here that he was a companion in labor. That means he worked in the gospel ministry. He left. Can you imagine? leaving where he was at Philippi and bringing this offering, trying to be a blessing, traveling all these miles, he could have had a bad attitude. But we don't see that. What we see is a selfless servant. Not just a responsibility, but he was desirous of seeing Paul, spending time with Paul, ministering with Paul the apostle. He was a fellow soldier, it says in this verse, a fellow soldier, which means he was a defender of the faith. 
He stood for God. He did what was right. He didn't just live for God at church. He lived for God in his life every day. Defending the faith and that body of truth that was presented to him. Epaphroditus, if I could say it like this, was a balanced Christian. Every day he was the same thing. Balance is important in our life. You understand the idea of walking, of course, but we have, it's easy to have fellowship one with another, but sometimes we forget about the furtherance of the gospel. Sharing Jesus, as we've been admonished tonight, as Brother Brinkman's already said, it's important for us to have a burden for souls. Somebody cared for you. Aren't you glad? Should we not care for others? We should be involved in that. And if we're thinking about self, we're doing what we want. We're putting ourselves before Christ. What he shows us here is Epaphroditus. On this journey, he gets sick along the way. He had a sincere love for the work of God, but something happened. Verse 26. For he longed after you all. This is Epaphroditus and was full of heaviness because that you had heard that he had been sick. So while he's on this journey, he gets sick. They hear about his sickness. He stays there with Paul for a period of time. But while he's staying there, he doesn't complain. He just knows that he needs help. And he cries out to God. Paul prays for him and others do. Verse 27. For indeed he was sick, nigh unto death. But God had mercy on him. And not on him also, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. He said, I understand the gift that you brought me. But when he brought me the gift in the ministry he was involved with, he got sick and almost died. And God spared his life. And he said, I'm so thankful. But even though he hazarded the journey and came here, God spared him. And he says, I have joy in my heart because I don't have sorrow because he died. He said, that would have broken my heart. That would take place. But then what happened was Epaphroditus found out that the church back home had heard about his sickness. And now they're praying for him. They're concerned more about him because he's sick. He needs some concern. And by the way, aren't you glad you can pray for each other in church? You can be concerned about one another. You can be concerned about not only the, the opportunity to physically manifest itself in tangible expressions of love, but also giving out the gospel to friends and loved ones and neighbors and such like. He had a sincere love, this man did, for believers. He said, you heard that he was sick. Verse 28, I sent him, therefore, the more carefully, that when you see him again, you may rejoice, that I may be less sorrowful. He says, I'm hoping that he'll get back home safely, and you'll hear about what happened here, and you'll thank God for what's taken place, and you will esteem him as a faithful servant. Look at, look at verse 29. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation. Esteem the ministry and the work of this individual. Paul sent him back to the Philippian church that they might be relieved that Epaphroditus delivered the offering, that he's alive, he's coming back and he's well. But he also says you need to respect him because he hazarded his own life. In sickness, he was a selfless servant. He was involved in being faithful. The last verse says, Because for the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. You know what he's saying? He's saying Epaphroditus brought the offering because he wanted to, and he wanted to minister for the church at Philippi. And so he brought this offering, and when he did, something happened. He got sick, nigh unto death. But God delivered him, and God brought blessings to his life. He was concerned about the church while he was away. But he said the application was strong. Paul's saying humility of Jesus is seen. Paul's humility, even though he's not bragging on himself, he said, I want to live for Christ. And if I die, that is gain. But he said in verse 21 of chapter 2, for all seek their own, not the things which are Christ Jesus. I don't believe that Timothy and Epaphroditus were living the way they were so Paul would write about them. 
I just believe it happened in the inspiration of the Spirit of God. And I want to thank God for churches like Heritage that are involved in serving God, faithful to Him, honoring the Lord, telling their loved ones, their neighbors, and their co-workers about Jesus Christ. Because as D.L. Moody said, evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where to get bread. And what we need to do is know that God has changed our life. We want to be a selfless servant, not a selfish servant, taking our time, our abilities, and our talents, and the things that God has given us, and use them for our own vain glory. We want to live our life for His honor and for His glory. So the central idea that Paul is saying right here tonight, my friend, is that Paul commended Timothy and Epaphroditus as selfless servants because they put others ahead of themselves. And may God help us to do the same thing. Put others ahead of ourselves. What concerns and occupies my mind and your mind in a typical week? Are souls on that list? Is church on that list? Is pastor on that list? Are there any concerns that you have by honoring Christ with your life? Reading your Bible and praying, growing in grace, growing in knowledge? I hope and pray that you are. How does Matthew 6.33 apply to your life? Seek ye first the what? And his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. That great big list that Paul is, that Matthew was talking about, the provision of God. Today, tonight, who has God placed in your heart, in your life, to have loving concern for in a tangible way? As selfless servants, that widow lady, that widower, that person that needs help financially, that person needs encouragement, that person that needs to know Jesus loves them. We are responsible. We're to be accountable as selfless servants in a selfish society to bring honor and glory to God. Instead of seeking my own will, I want to do God's will. In conclusion, I say joy is produced when you put others ahead of yourself. The examples of Timothy and Epaphroditus challenge me to live a life of sacrifice and service for God. Families, churches, communities, and even churches like this are blessed by those who serve selflessly. I believe you've practiced some of that today and over the years. But every day is a new day. People need the Lord. On the mission field and right here in Jerusalem. Right in this area. May God help us to be faithful. Will you put others ahead of yourself this week? Will you think about other people? Will you let this mind be in you? Which is also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbing to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation. Took upon himself the form of a servant. He himself gave his life for others. May God help us to be like Timothy and Epaphroditus, selfless servants in a selfie society. And if we're doing the best we can to serve God, keep up the good work. Stay faithful. He'll give you strength for the journey. He'll give you hope and faith that that person will come to Christ, that your family can turn to God, that God can supply that need, that God can take away that heartache. He can bless you because of who He is. So tonight, think about your life and my life. Let's be selfless servants in a selfish society. Because when we stand before God, we'll be glad that we did. Let's bow for prayer.